Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of May 13. In the news, Armenian and Azerbaijani delegations will meet in Moscow next week to discuss border demarcation issues. Opposition protests continue in Yerevan. And Prime Minister Nigor Pashinyan in the Netherlands on an official visit. This week has been eventful on the Armenian-Azerbaijan diplomatic front. Yesterday, Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan announced during a meeting with his Russian counterpart in Dushanbe that the Armenian and Azerbaijani delegations will meet in Moscow on May 16-17 to discuss border demarcation issues. The diplomats were in Tajikistan uh, within the framework of the CIS Foreign Minister's Council. The trilateral working group for the opening of regional communication routes consisting of the prime ministers of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia will also convene meetings during those same days. Also yesterday in Dushanbe, a meeting was held uh, among the foreign ministers of Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan. The implementation of the commitments undertaken within the trilateral statements of November 9, 2020, January 11, 2021, and November 26, 2021 was discussed during the meeting. The sides exchanged views on the unblocking of regional communications and economic ties, the establishment of the Commission on Delimitation and Border Security, and the agreement on normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Prior to the meeting of the foreign ministers on May 10, Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehum Bayramov, said that Baku and Yerevan had agreed on the composition of the border commission. Bayramov also touched upon the six suggestions that Armenia made in response to the five-point proposal that Azerbaijan presented to Armenia back in March of this year in the framework of Armenian-Azerbaijani peace negotiations. Azerbaijan's foreign minister stated that the six points presented by Armenia can hardly be called suggestions, as they are merely responses to Azerbaijan's suggestions. Bayramov also said that Azerbaijan had suggested that the border commission be chaired by the deputy prime ministers of the two countries. While Armenia's foreign ministry spokesperson Van Hunanyan said that at this stage Yerevan will not respond to Bayramov's statements, Ambassador-at-Large Edmond Marukian told Armen Press that the Armenian proposals also include the protection of the rights of the people of Artsakh, security guarantees, as well as the final status of Artsakh. Azerbaijan's deputy foreign minister in his turn announced that the issue of the enclaves will also be discussed during the border demarcation talks, and last week Armen Grigorian, the head of Armenia Security Council, had said that the issue of the enclaves had not yet been brought up during uh, negotiations so far. And to put all of this, uh, these talks into context, well, we must say that exactly one year ago, Azerbaijani armed forces advanced into Armenia's territory in the regions of Sunik and Gerard Kunik and stayed there since then, occupying 41 kilometers of Armenian sovereign territory. On the backdrop of Armenia-Azerbaijan uh, talks, on May 7, Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire in the direction of Armenian positions on the eastern part of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border and near the Sotk gold mine. As a result, one of the employees of the mine was injured. The workers had to be evacuated. At about 4.30 p.m. that day, the Defense Ministry reported that um, as a result of the retaliation of Armenian armed forces, Azerbaijani fire had stopped. And due during this past week, Baku also accused the Armenian armed forces of firing in the direction of their military position, which the Armenian side de- denied. We've been saying this each week. Yes, it's been two months at least. Mm-hmm. And about Sotk, a little, the mine, this is a mine that after the war is half of the mine. This is a hill. Half of it is... Uh, in Armenia, and half of it is under Azerbaijani control. So it's a very peculiar situation. 
And uh, this week, during the official visit to the Netherlands, Prime Minister Nigor Pashinyan gave a lengthy talk on Armenian-Azerbaijani relations, the post-war situation in the region, and the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict at the Netherlands Institute of International Relations. Regarding Armenian-Azerbaijani negotiation attempts, Pashinyan said that an agreement had been reached in Brussels on April 6 that Azerbaijan would return POWs to Armenia, but so far Azerbaijan has not complied uh, with this promise. Pashinyan also spoke about the five-point plan presented by Azerbaijan and Armenia's additional six suggestions, which Rubina just spoke about. And as a reminder, the Armenian side announced that the five points presented by Azerbaijan were in general acceptable for Armenia. However, they did not include the entire scope of issues. Thus, Armenia made additional suggestions to be included in the negotiations agenda, uh, including the protection of the rights of the people of Artsakh and its final status. And just, I think it's important to mention what those five points uh are by Baku, it's the mutual recognition of each other's sovereignty and territorial integrity, mutual reaffirmation of the absence of territorial claims to each other, and a legally binding obligation not to make such claims in the future, abstaining from threatening each other's security, demarcation of the border, and unblocking of transport links. Now, according to Pashinyan, the leaders of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and the European Council agreed in Brussels on April 6 that both the Armenian and Azerbaijani points would be on the negotiations agenda. However, lately Baku is making it sound as if only the Azerbaijani proposals will serve as the basis for the negotiations, and their deputy foreign minister said this again uh, this past week. Oh, saying those are not additional points, they're Mm -hmm. just responses to the main points we made. Well, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan also noted that the situation in the region remains extremely tense because following the 2020 Artsakh War, Azerbaijan has continually stressed that the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict has been resolved. As a result, according to the Armenian Prime Minister, Azerbaijan has adopted a policy that, in a nutshell, can be formulated as Karabakh without Armenians. Pashinyan brought the example of Azerbaijan's actions in February of this year when uh, they began threatening the residents of the village of Kharamot in Artsakh by playing messages through loudspeakers telling them to leave and including uh, calls to Muslim prayer. According to Pashinyan, the Armenian people have great respect for Muslim culture and religion, but he described Azerbaijan's actions as a simple example of religious terrorism. The Prime Minister also spoke about the issue of the gas pipeline in Artsakh this past March. Um, We don't know for sure if it was an explosion or an accident, but for whatever reason, the gas pipeline was damaged, depriving residents of natural gas supply during uh, unprecedented cold weather and how after Azerbaijan uh, repaired it, they installed a valve on the pipeline, trying to use it as a means of political, moral, and social pressure. According to Pashinyan, Baku is doing everything to make life so unbearable that Armenians will simply leave. The Prime Minister also talked about the destruction of Armenian cultural heritage and the territories that came under Azerbaijan's control, adding that the political goal of these actions is to show that the Armenians of Gharapakh have only recently appeared there, thereby de- legitimizing their right to live there. Pashinyan emphasized that for the Armenian side, the Nagorno-Karabakh issue is not a territorial issue, as Azerbaijan is trying to uh, you know, frame it, but a matter of rights that must be protected at all costs. According to the Prime Minister, it is in this context that his team has adopted a peace agenda, despite all of this um, negativity around um, I mean, From just the Azerbaijan, term itself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, Azerbaijan's foreign ministry responded to Pashinyan's statement accusing Armenia of insincerity in trying to establish relations with Azerbaijan. According to Leila Abdullaeva, the representative of the Azerbaijani foreign ministry, when speaking about POWs, Armenia should look into why they were captured. And she said they were captured because they were saboteurs. And during his talk uh, at this Dutch institute, Pashinyan also spoke about domestic issues and reforms. He noted that his government's efforts at establishing an independent judiciary, one of the most important issues facing Armenia today, according to him, have not been fruitful because of the absence of a common, universal, uh, unified approach to the reform process. Pashinyan also commented on the fight against corruption in the country, noting his disappointment that not only are former officials being accused of corruption, but also those officials who were appointed as ministers or other state officials by him and have been members of his government. During his visit to Netherlands, Pashinyan also met his Dutch counterpart, Mark Rutte, as well as the President of the Dutch Senate and the House of Representatives. Pashinyan and the Armenian delegation accompanying him also visited the Confederation of Netherlands Industry and Employees and participated in the opening of the Under the Spell of Mount Ararat, the Treasures from Ancient Armenia exhibition. Prime Minister Rutte attached importance to the official visit of the Prime Minister, of Armenia to the Netherlands and the development of cooperation between the two countries in all spheres. During the meeting, the Prime Ministers emphasized the development and expansion of economic relations between the two countries and the implementation of relevant measures to expand business ties. They noted that there is great potential for economic cooperation between Armenia and the Netherlands, uh, the realization of which will contribute to the increase of trade turnover. The parties also spoke about Armenia-EU relations, the situation uh, around Nagorno-Karabakh, and the processes taking place globally. The director of the Confederation of Netherlands Industry and Employers noted that businessmen in Netherlands are interested in cooperation with Armenia and that they are ready to discuss investment opportunities in various fields in Armenia and get acquainted with the conditions created for businesses. Pashinyan in turn presented reforms being implemented in Armenia, including the creation of favorable conditions for businesses at the and the fight against corruption. This week, U.S. State Secretary Antony Blinken and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev discussed the recent, quote, positive momentum and future steps on the path to peace in the South Caucasus, including border delimitation and demarcation, opening transport and communication links, and the release of the remaining Armenian uh, POWs and detainees. Secretary Blinken reiterated, the United States stands ready to help by engaging bilaterally and with like-minded partners, including uh, through the U.S.'s role as an OSC Minsk Group co-chair to help the countries find a long-term comprehensive peace. And now about the ongoing protests. Uh, Armenian-Azerbaijani negotiations and fears about the future status of Arsakh are the reason that protests and acts of civil disobedience have been taking place in Yerevan for the second week in a row now. Throughout the week, members of the opposition Armenia and I have honor alliances and their supporters have organized marches and rallies in Yerevan, also blocking streets and trying to enter government buildings. Over the weekend, organizers of the protests uh, traveled to Vanatsu and Gyumri and held rallies there as well. During um, 
their uh, visit to Gyumri, some of the protesters um, beat up four elderly uh, people, ages 56 to 84, who, according to the protesters, had provoked them. A video circulating in social media shows how the young protesters leave their car and start to beat the elderly men. Five people have been charged in connection with the incident. Among them is the son of Keram Manugyan, one of the organizers of the protests, and an ARF member of parliament from the Armenia Alliance. Throughout the rallies, the leaders of the demonstrations have called on the international community to take note of the events taking place in Armenia and assess the situation adequately. As to comment on the ongoing protests, uh, during a weekly press conference briefing, State Department spokesperson Ned Price stated that peaceful protests are an element of open political system, adding that the U.S. fully supports the fundamental freedoms of expression and peaceful assembly. Price called on the people to express their opinion in a peaceful manner and the authorities to exercise restraint and encourage those protesting to refrain from violence and to respect the rule of law and Armenia's democracy. The head of the EU delegation to Armenia, Andrea Viktorin, also commented on the protests taking place in Armenia, saying that police must adhere to all laws and rules and must not have uh, impunity. Viktorin also said at the same time that there could be uh, different provocations and that she would ask herself what can be done in case of such provocation. She didn't clarify what she meant by this, however. And yesterday, Armenia's investigative committee reported that it has launched a criminal investigation against several people who allegedly tried to persuade the head of the student council of Armenia's agrarian university to recruit 2,000 students to participate in the opposition rallies in return, offering 2 million Armenian drums. If we do the math, it's about a thousand drum per student. Avedik Chalabian, who is affiliated with the 5,165 movement and is known critic of Nikol Pashinyan and his government, was arrested as a suspect who tried to, uh, to bribe the head of the student council. Again, in connection with the protests, on May 10, Azadutun reported that two government employees had been fired in Vanatsor for criticizing Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan on social media and for participating in opposition rallies. According to the chief of Vanatsor's municipal uh, administration staff, he warned this, uh, these employees to show uh, what he said was political restraint, but they participated in opposition rallies also during working hours. One of the employees who was fired denied the accusation, saying that he never skipped work to participate in these protests, and what he does after work does not concern anyone. The two employees of the Vanatsor municipality planned to challenge their dismissal in court. Yesterday, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan received Deputy Prime Minister of the Russian Federation, Alexei Uverchuk, and the Russian Deputy Foreign Minister, Andrei Rudenko. Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister, Mihail Grigoryan, also took part in the meeting. Issues related to the agenda of bilateral cooperation between Armenia and Russia, as well as the activities of the Trilateral Working Group of the Deputy Prime Ministers of Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan were discussed. The sides also touched upon the prospects of restoration of transportation communications in the South Caucasus. And more on the diplomatic front. This week, Iran's Minister of Energy, Ali Akbar Mehrabian, was in Armenia for an official visit and met Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister, Meher Grigorian, and Minister of Environment, Hagop Simidian. During the meeting, the Iranian and Armenian officials discussed issues on the agenda of um, their partnership in the fields of energy and environmental protection, cooperation and jointly using water resources near their uh, border, the, the Araks River in particular, was also discussed. In this regard, the Iranian energy minister condemned the construction of dams on the Araks River by Turkey.
Turkey, stating that the construction has uh, not been discussed with the countries in the Araks River Basin. Meher Grigorian said that Armenia is putting efforts into becoming a gateway to the Eurasian Economic Union for Iran. Grigorian also noted that Armenia is doing everything to realize the North-South Energy Corridor project. And next week... Armenia's Minister of Territorial Administration and Infrastructure, Genel Sanosian, will visit Iran. It is expected that the governments of the two states will finalize an agreement through which Armenia will increase its gas imports from Iran. On May 11, the Ministry of Defense reported that the body of a 20-year-old conscript was found in one of Armenia's military positions on the eastern border. The circumstances of the incident are being investigated. According to preliminary information, the conscript committed suicide. On May 10, Artsakh's president, Arey Kautsunyan, received representatives of the Russian community in Artsakh. He said that his government will promote Russian culture in Artsakh, and, and in addition to recognizing Russian as an official language in Artsakh, Russian cultural homes will be also established and more Russian cultural events will be organized. As a reminder, Russian was recognized as an official language in Artsakh uh, after the 2020 Artsakh war. The Armenian language still remains the state language. It is estimated that there are around 4,000 Russians living in Artsakh. Um, And on May 9, during the Victory Day celebrations, uh, a number of Soviet symbols such as the communist flag as well as the letters Z and V could be seen um, throughout the celebrations. On May 11, former Deputy uh, Prime Minister Dikan Avinyan, who currently chairs the board of the Armenian National Interest Fund and is the mayoral candidate of the ruling civil contract party for the upcoming municipal elections in Yerevan next year, announced that a metro station will be built near the Petak shopping center and 250 electric buses will be brought for Yerevan. According to Avinyan, this will completely overhaul the transportation system in Yerevan and will solve the air pollution issue, which has become a major challenge for the city. I don't think it will solve the air pollution, but (laughs) it might help improve the situation. And today, the government decided to dissolve the Council of Elders of the town of Tallinn and organize new elections. The ruling civil contract party, which received 46% of the votes during the municipality election back in December 2021, did not have enough votes uh, to form the city council on its own, and it also failed to form a coalition following those elections. A similar scenario happened in Vedi, where city council uh, again was not formed after the first round of elections, and only after a second round, civil contract was able to elect a mayor. The first city council is formed, uh, which then elects uh, the mayor. And under recent electoral reforms, a proportional system was introduced in several towns of Armenia, aiming to ensure larger representation of smaller communities and coalition building among different political parties. And this obviously is not uh, working so well. And this uh, May 9 was this weekend, and it's marked in Armenia, traditionally celebrated as a triple holiday, marking the victory of the Allied forces in 1945, the liberation of Shushi, and the establishment of the Defense Army of Artsakh. This year, government officials in Yerevan visited Yerabulur, uh, the cemetery, to pay respect their respects to the soldiers who fell during the first Nagorno-Karabakh war and the 44-day war. And the wars in between. Right. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend and we'll be back again next week.